Welcome to the Stock of the Town podcast. This is John and Karen Pendleton with Pendleton's Country Market. We live in the Kansas River Valley just outside of Lawrence, Kansas, and we've been farming together for over 40 years. And we enjoy sharing with you about our farm and our community. Today we're going to be talking about peonies. And it's a wonderful topic. It's one of our favorites. It's something that we grow a lot of on our farm and use it a lot on the flower side because it is a wonderful flower in both landscape and also flower bouquets. So probably the first thing we need to talk about is how do you pronounce the word? I say peony. Some people say piney. People from the northern part of the United States, I often hear peonies. But it's whatever. <laughs> herb, herb. <laughs> And, and that's a, something with all botanical names of plants or in any type of plant uh, name, people will want to know how to pronounce it. And I've taken several classes on how to pronounce Latin names and different plant names. And they always say, just say it with confidence. Say it fast and with confidence. You'll be right. I think so. <laughs> Why are peonies so popular, do you think? Well, peonies have always been popular. When we first started growing them, many people were using them for Memorial Day flowers. They bloom during May, and you can hold them, and people would then put them on the graves for Memorial Day. And that's been a long-standing tradition. But in the early to mid-'80s, Martha Stewart hit the scene and made peonies a specially cut flower that everybody wanted to have. She put out a, her first wedding book in 1987, I believe. And in there, there were more peonies than there were roses. And all of a sudden, we started getting telephone calls. Can you do my flowers? I need peonies. And they couldn't find them anywhere. So um, that's how we got into the wedding business. And people have come to realize that they can be a long lasting cut flower. They're not just a single one or two day flower. We do remember back in the later 80s and early 90s with us giving credit to Martha Stewart as giving us help in our business and she doesn't even know who we are since she does promote flowers that are common garden flowers. The florists weren't real thrilled because this is a flower that doesn't grow in South America. It doesn't grow in California. It's a common flower that was growing in grandma's backyard. And so it, the thought was that it wasn't special, but she did a marvelous job of promoting grandmother type flowers so that they can be used in specially cut flowers and really nice bouquets. One of the favorite things I like about the peony is the fact that you can harvest it. And if you pick it correctly, store it correctly, we can keep it for two months in the walk-in cooler and it still opens up as a gorgeous flower. When we first started growing peonies, the reason we started with peonies over any other flower is that we were trying to put crops on top of other crops. We were already growing asparagus and people knew to come out for asparagus season, but we were looking for other crops that would come on at the same time. So we started raising hydroponic tomatoes in our greenhouse. We put in 
rhubarb, and that was also would come on in May. So we had tomatoes in May, we had rhubarb in May, and the peonies were just a really nice finish for that early spring season. And then that was kind of the end of our specialty crop season until we had some sweet corn later in the summer. But um, that's one of the reasons we put in a large number of peonies is because we were already busy this time of year. We could utilize our labor force better if we had more crops coming on. We were in Colorado Springs, wasn't it? We were talking at a young farmer convention. At, we were uh, in Estes Park, but it's thank in you. The All same right, state. Estes, Estes Park. We were in Colorado. I should have just gone with Colorado. We were in Colorado um, giving a talk at a young farmer convention that was sponsored by Farmland Industries. And of course, at the time, I loved the fact that here we were, kind of the same age as the people that were at the conference. We were we were one of the speakers talking about what we were doing with especially crops, with the asparagus and and the the tomatoes and peonies and whatnot. And on the way home, we were driving and we were on Highway 24 and just outside of Silver Lake, Kansas, just uh, west, a little bit west of Topeka, we see this field that looked like weeds, but kind of in rows and not exactly sure what it was and stopped at the next road, turned around, came back and looked again. And yeah, I think those are peony plants in those rows. And there just happened to be a gentleman standing in his uh, front yard, and we pulled in and asked him, are those peonies? And yeah, they are. And would you mind if we asked you a few questions? And he actually invited us into the house, and we sat down and we chatted for quite some time about who we were, what we were doing, and started asking about peonies and peony production, and, and told him that we had thought about actually trying to get peonies started on our farm and continued to talk. And I bet we were we were there for well over an hour just chatting before we asked, would you ever consider selling some of your peonies? Because it seemed as if they were kind of covered with weeds. And the fellow just very slowly started smiling. And he said, you know what? I've been waiting for you. And that actually is the way we kind of got started in peonies was to be able to buy this two acre peony patch that was on Highway 24 just outside of Silver Lake, Kansas. We felt kind of guilty because we were taking the community peony patch away from the area. And so for several weekends, I think three weekends in a row, when we were out digging the peonies in the fall, we would be open for people to come either dig their own or or we could dig it for them. And we, we sold some of the peonies there for people who wanted to have the a peony for the memory of having those peonies there all those years. We'd, we'd put a sign up and say, peonies for sale this weekend. And, and I think the neighborhood knew that they were being dug up. But it had been a 40-acre peony patch at one time where they were shipping peonies literally across the country for Memorial Day. And the fact that it had gotten down to about two acres and, and that was going to be the, the last of the peony patch. People were wanting to purchase a peony at the farm that they started working at. And you'd hear stories about the grade school kids, if they were good in school, they got to get out of class to go help debud the peonies. Another person that we got to know when we were first starting planting our peonies was Myron Bigger. And we in Kansas are very proud of the fact that Myron Bigger was on the National American 
Peony Society board for years, and he was a peony breeder and bred some of the most beautiful peonies that we have today and some of the peonies that are best for cut flowers. Names like Shawnee Chief, uh, Shawnee Rose, there was Jayhawker, there's Kansas. These are all names that he named his peonies that he developed uh, just on the east side of Topeka near the airport. And I can't believe the commitment and the time that it would take to be able to be a peony breeder to figure out how to isolate one particular plant that was crossbred from others and then how to meticulously cut the roots and propagate it to a point where you actually had enough to say, all right, this is a variety and, and put the name on it. And it's just, it's astonishing. He was pretty old when we met him, but he had started as a young man, I think, as a peony breeder. And we were quite fortunate to have actually been able to meet him. Anyone who's interested in Myron Bigger's story, there's a program on public television here in Kansas called Sunflower Journeys. And there was a, an entire program about Myron Bigger and, and the peonies that he grew outside of Topeka. KTWU, I believe. Um, Sunflower Journeys, yeah. So we're going to talk about peonies. We need to start with planting some peonies. And probably the best time of year to plant your peonies would be in the fall. You can cut the plants off at the ground level anytime after the 1st of September. And then you can dig usually anytime October, November, December. And then you can go ahead and just turn around, clean those roots up and plant them back into the ground. And that's planting bare root. When you're planting, you always want to have the eyes no more than two inches below the surface of the soil. And that's very important because if you plant them too deep, they won't bloom. So you want to plant them rather shallow. Now in the spring is when we think about planting peonies and that is okay too, as long as you find peonies that are in pots. What we usually do is go ahead and pot up bare root peonies and put them in potting soil and, and keep them dormant in the pots until it's springtime and then they start growing. It's not unlike a bald and burlap tree. If you ball and burlap a tree in the dead of winter when the tree is dormant, you can plant that tree at any time because as it breaks dormancy, all the hair roots start to grow in that root mass and then you can plant the tree whenever it's convenient for you planting. Same way with the peonies. They break dormancy. They start to come out of the pot as a plant and people really like to plant something that looks like it's alive in the springtime. And if you get those roots in the ground with the hair roots not too disturbed, they'll transplant very nicely as a potted plant in the spring as compared to trying to find them as bare roots. Because that's the biggest part is finding somebody that actually has fresh dug peony roots in the fall that you could be transplanting. And you do want to find a sunny location. Peonies will do much better in the sun. If you have them in the shade, they will start to reach to the side looking for the sun. And so like most other flowers that we use for cutting, uh, they're going to do better in full sun. One of the things that we asked Myron Bigger when we were chatting with him is, what do you do to take care of peonies? What's the best conditions? And I just loved his response when he said, where do peonies grow the best? 
I was at a loss as to what the answer was that he was searching for. And, and he could tell, well, where are the most gorgeous peonies that you ever see? I'm still kind of struggling. And finally he said, in the cemetery. And okay, he explained, okay, do you think anybody's really spending a lot of time taking care of those peonies? So he was indicating that a lot of times you worry too much about taking care of them. The main thing is get them in the ground. Don't plant them too deep. Try and keep the weeds away from them. They don't want to be standing in water. Full sun's great, but even in a cemetery, a lot of times you've got shade. And so they will bloom if they're a little bit in a shaded area. When you plant them, it is good to put a high phosphorus fertilizer and you can put a little bone meal or bulb food is a good thing to put in to the hole when you're planting them. But other than that, peonies are not a heavy feeder, and so you don't really have to do a whole lot about that. You can top dress with some compost around the top each year, but you don't want to put a lot of mulch on top because you want those eyes to stay near the top of the soil. As I said before, if you plant them too deep, then they won't bloom. So a little mulch just to help hold the moisture and to keep the weeds out is a good thing. A couple of things that we have found out growing our peonies here on our farm, they don't like flooding. Oh, yeah. In 1993, we had quite a bit of flooding on our farm and we were walking through water to pick peonies. And the peonies that were in that part of the field never have recovered. I not sure we should probably dig them up and and start them over again but um, they do not like to stand in water they can't breathe and that's very difficult on them they also don't like a lot of salt content we uh, talked about uh, asparagus a few weeks ago and asparagus you can put salt on asparagus and it's very salt tolerant but peonies will die if there's too much salt. We had planted peonies where uh, in an area that we had had a cattle feedlot, and it took about four years before they were all dead. They were <laughs> fabulous for a while, actually. The, the, uh, the high organic matter and the manure content was, was wonderful, but then you're right. All of a sudden, they started to wilt and, and just die, and, and that really confused a lot of people, but with the help of the extension service, that was the, the final result. They think that that's what it was that, that killed the plants, was the fact that it had been in an area where there was runoff from the feedlot, so the salt content was just a little bit too high for their liking. Yeah. So yes, we then turned around and we planted asparagus in that, that <laughs> field then after that. Another thing that you sometimes might see problems with with peonies are voles. And anytime you have a perennial crop that you're not tilling the soil, and disturbing their their homes, the voles can move in. And voles, they're, they're not a mole. A mole is underground and it eats grubs, but a vole is underground and it burrows underground and eats the roots. And so that is a Actually, problem. Actually, it doesn't really. It, it burrows when it's feeding, but it lives under vegetative growth so old weeds and old plants that's living under there but when it wants to eat then it digs down and finds a root eats the root and then the plant dies for some reason (laughs) probably because it doesn't have any roots left i guess so yeah (laughs) some people use metal cages to help hold the peonies up out in the field we don't do that but we have something else that we do to help take the weight off the plants That's a process called debudding. 
And we'll go through usually usually in April. Now this year our peonies are a little bit behind, so so we are not going to be doing that until the first part of May. But the peony sends up a main bud in the middle, and then it'll have one, two, sometimes as many as four side buds. We go ahead and go through and take all those side buds off, and we, it makes for a straighter stem for the peony, and it makes for a larger bloom for that flower when it comes on. But that's I know that's difficult for a lot of people to do because they want as many flowers as they can. So if you leave those side buds on, the stems get very heavy and it's hard to keep all those flowers standing up straight, especially if there's a heavy rain. And so you can get uh, wire cages actually that you can put over the peonies before they grow up and they'll grow up through that and that'll help keep them standing up straight and tall. But if you do debudding on the peonies, you usually don't have to have anything to uh, help hold them up because it's just one flower that they have on a stem. On a newly transplanted peony root, sometimes they actually will go ahead and bloom the first year and people are just so excited. I think that it's a good idea to go ahead and maybe harvest that flower with a very, very short stem immediately, take it into the house and enjoy it in a bud vase for a couple of reasons. It, uh, you don't want to take too much stem because you don't want to be removing a lot of leaves. The plant needs a lot of leaves so that it can create nutrients for the, for the roots. But the main thing is you don't want that flower to go through the process of trying to create seeds, which also takes energy away from the plant. Peonies are relatively disease and uh, pest resistant. I know rabbits will feed sometimes on the tender shoots as they first come out of the ground, as will deer, but we've never had too much problem with that. Uh, one of the bigger problems we've had is with botrytis, which is a disease that is caused mostly by high humidity or too much water, and some people call it peony measles, and the leaves will kind of turn brown and have little black spots on them. Earlier in the podcast, you mentioned that you can mow the peonies down, and it's one of the earliest things that sprouts in the springtime, but you get into late summer, and it has peony measles. They start to turn darker, not so good-looking plant. The plant is pretty much done with uh, with building up any nutrients that it's going to, the carbohydrates that it's going to translocate down into the roots for next year's growth. So it is okay to clean up the patch when they're starting to look a little, little bit not so good in September. It's one of the few perennials that I say go ahead and cut off early. When we harvest peonies, uh, it's usually during the month of May. And uh, we harvest them with about a 14-inch stem. Of course, you don't want to cut anything off the plant except maybe just the bloom. You don't want to cut much of a stem for the first at least three years of, of a peony. Let it get growing. And then when you do start cutting flowers off the peony, you should only cut half the flowers off of that plant. The memory of buying that peony patch at Silver Lake um, is, is a wonderful one. And we would be open here at the farm during asparagus season and we were open till six o'clock in the evening, and I remember as fast as we could, we would drive past Topeka. 
we would get to, to that patch and, and the fellow that we bought the patch in the field from, he let us go ahead and start harvesting the flowers so that we could get into the business. He gave us two years to dig the roots and to move them out so that we, we got them over into Douglas County. But we would get over there and start picking peonies as fast as we could. And when you're harvesting a peony flower, it's more by feel than sight. It feels like a marshmallow deep inside that bud and you don't squeeze it from the side. You put your fingers underneath the bud and with your thumb squeeze down on the top and if it feels like a marshmallow deep inside that bud, it's ready to harvest. If it's like three hours before it blooms, that's the perfect time to pick a peony to be able to store it to let it bloom later. Since it was so late in the day when we were running over there, we actually got good at picking peonies in the dark. And I think that really honed our skills of, of you know, you kind of looking, we had a flashlight to find the plant, but then you'd go from bud to bud and feel which ones felt like marshmallows. We would cut the stem and then we'd put them in the car. We drove back home and wrapped them and then put them in the walk-in cooler as fast as we could and then went to bed at about midnight and got back up the next morning. But uh, it was a good experience. We were young and naive back then. But it was fun, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. When the kids would go with us and they would play in the yard while we were learning how to do this. But when when John talks about putting these buds in your in your hand and, and feeling them, some peonies, the buds may only be an inch in diameter and they're ready to go. Another type of peony, it may have a bud that's three inches in diameter. So the size of the bud really doesn't have anything to do with when it's ready to harvest. Um, now, each each variety has its own idiosyncrasies, I guess, that you would say. Uh, Mons Jules Ellie is a pink variety that, that can be a little bit harder. But then you have um, Sarah Bernhardt, which is another a kind of a pale pink, very popular peony. It has to be really, really soft or it won't open if you pick it when it's the least bit hard. So that's a learning process. We've been able to keep peonies for a long time. We actually heard old time peony growers bragging about, well, I kept mine till Labor Day. I kept mine till Christmas the next year. I'm not exactly sure how long somebody could hold them, but we actually did hold peonies for our son's wedding, and he got married on August 2nd. So these are peonies that were harvested middle of May. They were stored dry in a walk-in cooler, and like magic, they go ahead and open up. So we put all the heads together in a bunch, wrap them. We use some cellophane. You can use newspaper. Sometimes with newspaper, the moisture uh, will get a little high and you have to rewrap them after a while. But we wrap them in cellophane and just lay them on the on their side in the cooler. Try to keep the cooler at 34, 35 degrees. You don't want them to freeze, but they need to be as cold as possible in order to keep them for any length of time. When you're ready to use the peonies then, you bring them out, recut an inch off the stem, and then put them in some warm water with some floral food, and uh, in just an hour or two, they are miraculously opening. It's amazing. There is a wives' tale that actually got you in trouble once, I think, <laughs> dealing with ants and peony flowers. 
Well, a lot of people think that you need ants on the peonies in order to open the buds, that the ants lick the sugar or the nectar off of the buds, but the, the nectar attracts the ants, and so that's why the ants are there, but they will open just fine without them. You will find if your peonies are closer to a house, you're going to have more ants. Our peonies out in the field, we don't have many ants out there. Uh, the ants usually tend to live where people are going to be living, where there might be something more for them to eat. But yes, one time I, I really upset a, a woman. She came to the market and she said she didn't like peonies because of the ants, but you know, she had a fond memory of her mother sending her out to collect ants to put on the peonies uh, so that they could open the peonies. And I started laughing and I said, oh, that's a good one. I need to remember that for my grandchildren when they come over to keep them busy. And she was so offended by what I was saying. She knew that her mother was right and that those ants needed to be put on there. But it is a wives tale that you do not need ants on your peonies. Now, saying that, there are oftentimes ants are in peonies, and if you wait for your peonies to open in order to pick them and bring them inside, chances are you're going to have ants inside of them. Not ants in your pants, but (laughs) ants in your peonies. When we pick them out in the field, again, they are far away from houses, not too many ants out there, and a lot of times we'll kind of shake the bunch to get rid of any excess dew, or especially if it rains, and hopefully the ants will be flung off of them if there are, because we don't want to wrap them up in the cellophane and put them in the cooler, because that's the, we'd rather the ants stay out in their ant colony. And one of the reasons we pick the peonies in the bud, in the bud form, is that the ants cannot get into the bud, and so when the flower opens, the ants are not there. If you pick the flower when it's fully open, the ants have had the chance to get inside. I like to think of some of the positives of peonies. Peonies are a plant that you can harvest the roots and divide them and get more peonies later. Whereas asparagus, once it's planted, you don't want to ever, ever dig it. With rhubarb, they have to be dug up every five to eight years or they will go ahead and die. But with peonies, you can plant them and leave them in there for a hundred years or every four years, three to four or five years, you could actually go ahead and dig them up and and then uh, add to your peony, uh, peony patch if you want to. Well, I hope you enjoyed the peony talk. Thanks again for listening to our Stock of the Town podcast. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and check out our website at pendletons.com. And remember to follow us at The Stock of the Town as we talk about our farm and our community.